So you're going to do a Regulation D offering, and this video probably applies more to the people who chose to do a 506C offering to advertise uh, rather than 506B using an established friends and family and network of people that you already know. So you've chosen to do that, and you know you want to put it out there and you want to be successful, but you're worried that the uh, broker dealers aren't going to look at you or want to talk with you, or you just can't afford them because, gosh, they are extremely expensive. So let's talk about how you can put your Regulation D offering out there, how you can market it without relying on broker dealers. So you're gonna put a Regulation D offering out there without relying on broker-dealers. There's five things that you absolutely must do. And again, like I said, this is assuming that it's a 506C offering and your intent ultimately is probably going to be to advertise. You'll be bringing in accredited investors only, but you're not afraid of communicating with people who are not people that you already know. So the first most critical thing more than anything else, is establish your founder investment theory. Again, banging the drum, founder investment theory is the most important thing. So what is founder investment theory? If you've seen some of the other videos, you already know. But founder investment theory is really a component of four different things that put together your thesis on why this investment is compelling for your investment investors. Number one is the strategy that you're taking. Is this a value add play, a development play, uh, an appreciation? Uh, we're just waiting for it to, to start cash flowing, uh, whatever it is. What is that strategy that you're taking in order to get the money for it? The second, most, the second component of founder investment theory is the philosophy that you're taking. What asset class is it? What, uh, what, where is it located if it's real estate? How does it work? How does it there? And why is that particular asset class compelling? What makes it special? Is it particularly uh, lucrative? Is it particularly speculative? Is it pride of ownership? Is it something more like, well, this, it's stable and it always goes? What is that philosophy that underpins it? The third is what is the risk tolerance that's implied by the investment itself? So is it very low risk? Is it very high risk? Your investors are looking at it, comparing the risk their own risk tolerance to the riskiness of the investment. If it's extremely stable in a class A city, if it's real estate, for example, and it's, it's an apartment building in downtown, you know, in a class, in a very, very major metropolitan area with rents that are, you know, a vacancy rate that's less than 1%, it's probably pretty darn safe. If it's out in the middle of nowhere and it's a big construction project, it could be quite a bit more speculative. If it's a cryptocurrency or a new business uh, with an untold model, that's a very, very speculative. The risk tolerance changes. You have investors who want to invest in things that are very safe, and there are different sets of investors who want to invest in things that are very risky. You need to find the right mix for this specific investment. 
And fourth, and to me, this is the most important part of founder investment theory, is the story behind it all. Why do investors want to invest in this thing? If it's just something that they've seen a million times before, then they're gonna only then you're only competing on numbers like ROI and things like that. And it's a snooze fest. If you look at a lot of the ads out there, they are boring because all they're talking about is preferred returns and what sort of ROI they're getting, and none of it can be believed really. Right. I mean, a lot of it is uh, marketing and salesmanship, and they are all speculative numbers. And you know that every number has been polished there. And so does every single investor who would be thinking about investing in it. But what saves that all is the story. If you're doing something unique and creative and putting something out there into the world that also is there for a specific reason, and has a story behind it, that is gonna resonate with investors, regardless of what the return on investment looks like it's gonna be. It, somebody would much rather invest in something that's novel and that they wanna be a part of if it's offering a 2% projected return difference on IRR, because those numbers, as I said, are kind of glossy anyway, they're not real. So. Founder investment theory is the first, most important thing you've got to do when you are uh, going to be marketing your investment without a broker-dealer. Number two, you gotta put together the marketing materials. You can't just be out there alone. You gotta show up like a pro and pros show up with marketing materials. Now, my firm, we put together pre uh, uh, private placement memorandums, operating agreements, uh, questionnaires, all those things, all those legal documents help you show up like a pro, but they're only one piece of it. They're one part of the component that build the trust with that investor. The other piece of it is how you show up with the marketing materials. If you show up with a piece of paper and crayon dribbled on it, it's probably not going to impress them. But if you show up with a very good presentation that's put together in the right way and putting the story first, oh my gosh, you're going to be way ahead of every other investment off the top as long as it fits with their own investment profile. That's the other thing. It's got to fit with them, right? That's why fits number one importance. Number three, start with your own network. So even if you're planning on advertising, you gotta tell everyone you know, and you've gotta to market to everyone you know. They can also reach out and help you succeed by finding other investors, other people they know. Instantly, your network is growing and growing and growing and helping bring you eyeballs to the deal and other people who may want to be there. The great thing, again, founder investment theory is what will compel them in order to bring those people. If it's something boring, I'm not gonna go tell my friend about this deal if it's a snooze fest, right? I'm gonna tell them if it's something like, wow, you know what my friend Bob's doing? It, he's putting together this thing and wow, it's really a cool idea. What do you think? That gets everybody interested. That's again, founder investment theory, number one. Number four, carefully advertise. You can blow the bank very, very high easily on this one. It's easy to spend a lot of money on advertising and consultants and things like that. You don't need to. B 
be cautious and skeptical and try little, little steps first to make sure you test your marketing first. Don't spend every dime you've got on marketing because you probably aren't going to be overly successful with the first campaign you put together, but you probably will be with the fifth one that you put together. And number five of the most important things that you need to do is be a good salesman. And what I mean by that is follow up. Follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up, follow up. I can't begin to tell you how many investments that I track personally for uh, just because I'm active in the marketplace and I look at a lot of other deals where I don't get a single follow-up message at all or I get the same follow-up message that's obviously canned. If I get a personal follow-up that's unique and something compelling, that's being a good salesman and that can make the difference between it. What do the really good broker-dealers out there do? They follow up with their clients. They call them on the phone. They talk with them and walk them through the decision-making process in order to convert them. What do the worst broker-dealers do? Nothing. They send an email that's canned. They don't do anything. And it, they rely on, well, maybe, my, maybe a half a percent will, will respond to this email when I send it out in a blast. Don't be that person. Be a person who's proactive, actively salesman, and tell the world about what you've got offered. If you do that, you will be on top of this game. You will be successful in being able to put your offering out there to the world and have it funded without paying the high fees and the challenges that are associated with using a broker-dealer. My name is Tilda Moschetti. I am a syndication attorney. My job is to help you be successful. I do that primarily through putting together the operating agreement, the subscription agreement, that private placement memorandum, filing the Form D. Ultimately, those are the legal components of it. But I'm also an experienced syndicator. I've done a lot of deals for myself, and I've seen a lot of deal, uh, deals with other people. I can help you with that as well. We offer flat fees, which means take advantage of my time if you're a client. You can talk to me and strategize about this. You don't always have to take my advice, and you shouldn't always take my advice, but it's definitely important to start strategizing and work with people that, that understand this game from the boots on the ground level. Again, Tilda Moschetti, if I can be of help to you, give me a call.